Most people think that they are choosing between the good and the bad. In reality, they are choosing between being mediocre and becoming truly great. Welcome to the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. In 15 minutes, we'll help our guests catapult from their current situation to a path of greatness. Welcome back to the show, everybody, and happy holidays. I'm back, Brian Wallace, your host of the Next Action Podcast, and I have a really great guest for you guys today, my buddy Rich Keller. Rich is a motivational speaker who travels the country inspiring young adults to consider how the power of crafting their personal brands with just one word can transform how they are seen by the world so that they can stand out, conquer obstacles, reach excellence, and score, which we will get to shortly. As a brand marketer for 25 years, with his MBA from the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, Rich transitioned from using this one-word core value approach to successfully craft identities for iconic brands like Planters Peanuts and Godiva Chocolate, now he's getting me hungry, (laughs) to doing the same now for young adults. Rich, welcome to the show. Pleasure, man. Thank you for having me, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. Indeed. This has been a long time coming. I know that as soon as we hit it off, uh, not that long ago, starting from LinkedIn yeah. and then into a conversation, I knew that we'd be we'd be doing this one of these days because our conversation was too good to just, you know, have that hoarded away just one-on-one to ourselves. So let's basically rehash exactly what we already <laughs> sort of talked about, except this time everybody's listening. Yeah. That's kind of why people tune into the show. So as I said in your bio, you worked for some of the most popular iconic food brands in the world, and you know what it's like to be in big corporate, but you've taken a totally different outlook on life, different trajectory in your career. So tell us a little bit about getting out of corporate and going into a young adult market of all things, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, in September of 2017, I uh, I got up and I basically quit my career, my corporate career. I'd had enough. Um, I really wanted to impact the lives of young adults. I am a 26-year cancer survivor, and I'm married to a nine-year cancer survivor. My wife had breast cancer nine years ago, and I just felt like it was time to you know, leave my legacy. And, um, and so I left, and I really had no idea what I was going to do next, but I knew that I wanted to impact lives. And so... Um, one of the things that I always wanted to be as a kid was a talk show host. And I thought the next best thing to doing that was to become a motivational speaker. And so I enrolled online in a course. Um, and I really honestly thought I was just going to go and tell my story, uh, you know, share my story about my journey, my cancer journey, my wife's, uh, a little bit about my you know, childhood you know, being so challenging. And one of the things you learn in motivational speaking school first day is nobody cares about your story unless there's some value in it for them. And I really stopped in my tracks because I really did not know what I was going to do in order to deliver that value on top of my story. And I thought back, uh, after really digging deep and speaking to some mentors, I I thought back to an incident, a moment that I had with my son uh, about two years before I quit my job. And basically, he was applying to college. And he asked me to uh, prep him for uh, his alumni college interviews. And I said, sure. And I asked him one simple question that would literally change the trajectory of my career. I basically said to him in preparation, tell me about yourself. And he looked at me and he just had no idea what to say. And I said, 
just tell me about yourself. And he basically said, I'm a senior in high school and I, I play video games. And I looked at him and I said, you have no idea who you are. And he said, dad, they don't teach us this in high school. I really, that's an overwhelming question. I wouldn't, I don't even know where to begin. And it was at that moment that I thought back to my career in corporate marketing for 25 years. As you said, I worked for some of the biggest companies, Nabisco, Kraft Foods, Godiva, Cadbury. And one of the things I did in my career, very simply, was that I would craft the identity of all these brands using one word. And that one word was the core value that each brand brought to a consumer's life. Because here's the deal, brands solve problems. And the way a brand solves problems is by adding value. That's what you pay for. So I thought, well, maybe this can work on people. Did some exercises with him. In my head, I had no idea how to do it on paper. And about two weeks later, we came out with his word, his one word. And his word is perseverance. And this is the value that he gives and brings to anything that he does. And so then I challenged him and I said, I want you to write an essay for the admissions committee as if you were standing in front of them. And I want you to share a story about how you demonstrate that core value, because that's exactly what brands do when they advertise. They tell you how their product works. And long story short, he got accepted to Cornell, and he's a junior there today. And it was at that moment, right after I quit my career, and I was thinking about that motivational speaking comment about adding value, that I thought to myself, what if I traveled the country And I motivated young adults to consider how the power of crafting their brand in just one word, which is their core value, can transform how they are seen by the world. And my platform SCORE was born, which is an acronym for Stand Out, Conquer Obstacles, Reach Excellence. And the funny thing is, Brian, I wanted everybody to tell me I was crazy. I shared this idea with about 10 people over the course of like two weeks, and every single one of them said, This is your moment, go make it happen. And I almost, didn't want them to say that because I was scared. I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? But now I have to do it. Yeah. You're, saying, you're agreeing with yeah. me. Oh no, now I can't yeah. get there. Yeah. Right. And I'll tell yep. you, like, you know, 10 years ago, not about 15 years ago, I should say, um, I ran the New York City Marathon right after I had my cancer and I did the same exact thing. I told everyone I was going to do it and people laughed at me. And that was like the biggest fuel for me to prove them wrong. And in this case, instead of telling me I was crazy, they were like, okay, go make it happen. This is a brilliant idea. My wife was like, I'm totally in support. And I just got up one morning and I put on my wall in my study, your story isn't over, go make it happen. And little by little, I just started building my talk and I started building my network and I started um communicating with schools and communicating with conferences. And I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the people I've been working with because most people, the premise of my entire platform is built on the insight that what you do is not who you are, but who you are should define what you do, which is another way of saying that your identity is not caught up in what you do. And most of us, myself included, over my career, when I've lost jobs, I felt like I had no identity because I was trained, just like everybody else is in America, to have your identity caught up in what you do. But once I discovered 
that my son knew who he was. And by the way, my one word is catalyst. I'm a catalyst. And once I discovered that I was a catalyst, I realized that that should define what I go out and do now. In this case, being a motivational speaker and disrupting the conversation to make people discover who they are versus what they do. And so that question for Zach, tell me about yourself, is really a very powerful question because most people want to answer you by saying what they do. And I am now sharing around the country that the way to answer that question is to tell people who you are so that if you don't work, I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care where you decide to do your job. You always know who you are. And like brands, you really can only communicate one core value because it takes seven seconds to make that first impression. And so all I did was take my learning from the corporate career I had, and now I parlay it and I work strictly with people so that when they answer that question, tell me about yourself, they basically share, how do you add value? That's what that question's asking. I love it, man. I'm all about... When I'm asking people, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, where do you work? What's your job title? I want to know how people help each other, right? So, I mean, I think my word would probably be giving, uh, depending on like what hat I'm wearing, it's either like giver or visionary, right? So I, I like to get deep in and summarize what people do and kind of like tell it back over to them. Hey, have you ever considered doing this and this and this and putting all these strengths together and all that? Yeah. I want to back up a second. Uh, I want to touch on something you said here that I think will deliver some value to folks that are listening. It's a big jump to leave the corporate career, which a lot of people are s- completely identified with, into what you said that you had no idea what you were doing after that. I would suggest that you already had quite a bit germinating and percolating away in your mind that you didn't just say, I've had enough of this, I'm done, and now I'm going to do this. And certainly I think going through, especially with you and your wife, cancer surviving, uh, definitely makes you think about being mortal, right? Really understanding, valuing what's important and the value of time over all else. But I would suggest that you kind of did have some idea what you were doing, yeah? Or, well, I you know, know what's interesting? I think what I didn't know, I mean, I don't necessarily recommend that everybody quits their job on a whim. I don't, I, I, that's not something that I propose that people do. But I think you are, you are correct in that subconsciously, I knew, and really the truth is I had turned 50. And one of the things that was in my head was, if you don't do it now and you wait till 60, it's going to be much harder for you to have your act too. I believe everybody needs an act too. Corporate America at some point will age you out. There's no disrespect to corporate America, but that's how it works. And so for me, I think subconsciously, I knew that I needed to do something different. I think the best thing for me was that it did happen in the sense of I literally that afternoon walked in and gave my six weeks notice, didn't even tell my wife, but it worked for me because it, yeah, it, I I mean, it, it really is a true story. I did not tell anyone, but, but it was the fuel that I needed because it really put me on the catalyst. So it, it really disrupted my whole equilibrium. But I also knew that as a survivor and my wife being a survivor, that I really thought about my eulogy. 
And that's one of the things I work with all my clients. How do you want to be remembered? And therefore, go live it. So you're correct in that I probably subconsciously had that idea. But on a whim, if I had not made that decision that afternoon and I asked 12 people, I wouldn't have quit my job. Because everybody would have said, don't do that. You're crazy. You have nothing to fall back on. You know, let's talk about that a minute. Because it's interesting that you said once you really had it down, had the conversation with your son, really refined the word, the score, all of these things, everybody didn't say you were crazy. Now, it's interesting. So a lot of times I don't care when people think I'm crazy. Like when I first started my business and then I kind of changed it a little bit and now really found my lane where we can do truly transformative work specifically through infographics rather than just like an all fit fit all one size fits all marketing kind of thing that everybody's doing. A bunch of people thought I was crazy. A lot of times it doesn't make sense to ask our friends because they're not really in a position (laughs) to answer. It's almost like punishing your friends, right? So it's, it's kind of interesting that in this conversation so far, you've had both sides of it. So at the beginning of that journey, you were on a whim. You didn't even tell your wife. If you asked a dozen friends, they all would have said you're crazy but then later, when you defined it out more, nobody thought you were crazy. That's really but it's funny because it's both yeah, extreme. But it's funny Let's because one of my one, a really good friend of mine, a couple of years ago when I was looking for a job, he said something to me that it always stuck in the back of my head, and I and I remembered it at the moment. You know, I I made this decision. He said, "Rich, you are hitting base hits." you got to hit a grand slam. You're capable of doing it. And I think it was at that moment when my, when my wife said, I think this is a smart idea, that I really thought back and said, maybe this is the grand slam, but how do I do this? Like I was really very, very scared in the beginning. I mean, I did not have the courage I have today. And I had a, you know, a lot of mentors that really helped me get my mindset around the idea that I'm a, I'm going to be the guide in this whole motivational speaking game. I'm not going to be the hero. This is not about me being on stage and selling myself. It's about me being on stage, guiding my message into the hands of the audience, and they're the heroes. And as soon as my mentors helped me understand that, that's when I realized what was holding me back was just the courage to believe in my core value to believe that as a catalyst that I can disrupt and I can inspire and motivate people. And it was that whole mind flip of being the guide, not the hero, that made me think back to that lunch with my friend Mike, where he said, you've got to hit the grand slam. You're capable of it. And now I feel like I'm on the track to do it. I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm not there yet. Yeah. I think you're getting there, honestly. And you know what's really interesting? So Bezos talks about that in baseball analogies too. So what's the most we can do if we're stepping up in a baseball scenario? We can hit a grand slam, which for those of you who don't follow baseball (laughs) at all, is four runs. But what's interesting about business, when you really roll it out there, you can hit for a thousand runs at once, right? So I'm looking forward to see how far you're going in this journey, Rich. And uh, it looks like we're just about out of time, but I'm hoping that you're swinging for the fences to change the hearts and minds of thousands and hopefully millions. So Rich, you've been a fabulous guest today. Where can yeah, everybody you can find you Yeah, catch me up on LinkedIn. On just type in Rich Keller Catalyst and you can find me on Instagram at Rich S as in Scott Keller and my website, which is therichkeller.com. And I'll just say one thing, besides thanking you, because I'm really grateful for this opportunity, I'll also say that my mission is to transform a million lives one word at a time. So buckle up. I'm coming for you.
There, thank you. There we go. Go get them, Rich. Thank you. <laughs>